All right, everyone. Welcome to episode five of Keeping It Real. I'm sitting down with my buddy Seth Roosevelt and the Roosters that you can definitely hear in the background. And Seth is a seasoned sales veteran. He sold everything from pest control to cars to, I'm sure, some other other different services he was in. Uh, so I'm going to give the floor to Seth and just give a little background of like how you got into sales. I'm sure when you were seven years old, you did not wake up and say, I want to be a salesperson, but I, I'm sure eventually you figured it out. Well, yeah, but you know, since we were little kids, we've always been little salesmen, right? Trying to get mom and dad to buy the, at least trying to get them to buy the cereal with marshmallows in it. That's true. Yeah. yeah the, the one with the most sugar. Yeah. Hardly ever worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, when they did buy that cereal, I'd take, uh, I'd sneak out and take all the marshmallows out of it. <laughs> sell them at the no I, I i just i just ate them and then my little brother and sister would just have like lucky charms without is this a true story this is a true story oh man <laughs> like lucky charms were just like cheerios yep <laughs> they're like did they believe it like oh we got screwed over i i don't i don't really remember but i probably left a few in there they, just yeah. a couple <laughs> tis the season of giving yeah. that's awesome yeah, so we've always been, you know, we're all kind of have the ability uh, to sell, um, especially when it's something that we uh, that we really want or, um, yeah. But really, where I ended up in sales, so I was a uh, I was a contractor for the cable company in Florida, and I got into uh, an accident and totaled my truck which I had all my tools, ladders, and all that on there. And then I found myself, so telemarketing was okay. really big. In what, and what year was this? 2005, 2005. Okay, so telemarketing, which is still one of like a, it's like it's still a pretty big lead gen source. What were you telemarketing? Well, I started in a room where we were doing, uh, used to be able to consolidate student loans. Okay. And so we were just calling individuals and that had student loans or maybe the parents had gotten student loans for their uh, kids. And at this point, the market was was pretty saturated. So a lot of people were getting a lot of phone calls. And first thing I learned in sales was these guys – uh, had a script and they're like, this script works. Okay. And I'm pretty good at, uh, when it comes to something like that with just following directions, you know, when it comes to say this, say this, say this. And it was just all laid out. When the person says this, you read this and the whole thing with telemarketing there with someone on the phone, it's just like you acknowledge and you just go right back, (laughs) right to it. I'm not interested. Okay. Anyways, right to it. There's the natural thing to kind of sit and listen to see how they respond to how you responded to their question or objection, but it's never, let's, let's go ahead and move forward with this. Yeah. Never is. Um, and then we were, you had to pull somebody's social security number over the phone, over the phone. So you got to build some trust up with somebody. Not much. Yeah. You know, I would call, we would call and what one of the, the owners there, uh, and I thought it was kind of preposterous, but, uh, it really worked. And I started using it. Someone would say, well, I don't give my social over the phone. I say, I understand what's your social. Yeah. I mean, and people just started giving me their social security number. <laughs> over the phone. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, not everybody, <laughs> yeah. but rather than going down the whole road of this is why we need it. You yeah. Know, you you just kind of just hit, I mean, what? so to pause you there, like what's that, what's the psychology there of, of like, okay, I get a phone call and I, I kind of get what you're saying, but it's, it's like, there's, you're almost, their objection, you're just not a, it's just continue on. Is that the, the, what the training was? Yeah. The training is, and there's certain objections that, uh, that become commonplace in telemarketing, whatever you're, um, marketing over the phone and they'll have the exact rebuttal okay. to that particular, um, to that particular objection. The, and they had an objection to the social security and it was around uh social security number and it was around the basis of we need this in order to help you consolidate your loans you know on a side note consolidating your loans was a really good idea back then too okay you know because you have these loans a bunch uh, of different student loans a bunch of different student loans interest rates were better if you consolidate them so it was really an advantage to uh the the loan holder if they were able to you know to do it to, yeah to do it so you felt like it was a you weren't selling an extended warranty over the phone well yeah. i did that later i'll tell you about that <laughs> okay but, uh but yeah so they had a rebuttal but the owner came in one day i guess the numbers are bad and this is just kind of when i started yeah and he's like man forget this uh long rebuttal just say i understand when they say they don't give their social over the phone and just and i would just say what's their social yeah and i think through the years of selling is is that a lot, a lot of time as in sales, you know, if you t- you try to sell long, you might be wrong, if that makes sense. So when I try, because it's a natural knee-jerk reaction sometimes to explain everything. Yeah. You know, and as I'm explaining everything, and if the customer's not already uh, comfortable, or normally people have an objection that they're not telling you as well. And, of course, they tell you I'm not giving my social over the phone. But to go in this long diatribe. Of why you need it. Why we need it. And I started doing that. And it just, I just started doing really well. Hmm. And I was kind of surprised uh, how well I started doing. And it, it was not, it was anything but rocket science. It was just read, rebuttal, go back, see if we can help them. Yeah. You know? And if you pull that number, you give it to the manager, they look them up. If they've got them, then you could do it. And that progressed at that same company we started. This is, this is towards the tail end of the uh, uh, when everybody um, and your dog could get a mortgage. Okay. You know, before the crash. Okay. So um, we were also doing uh, just seeing if people were able to uh, refinance. Okay. And I started doing that and started doing uh, fairly well at that. Then they sent me to be a mortgage broker. Okay. Um, but about about that time, uh, that's when the whole crash thing. happened. Well, not not really. Um, I'm trying to remember. Because um, you weren't obviously like, you know, the license I just went through. I mean, you didn't have to do any of that. It was pre-licensing, you know, because they, they – I think you had to fill out something back then, but it wasn't like – I think in 2010 is when they they added all the laws of like. I think you just had to be alive. Back. To, yeah, just a pulse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> just a breathing person. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I knew a lot of people who made uh, a lot of money during that time frame, and you know some of it was nefarious, you know for sure. Uh, you know I always 
kind of look at those type of things is like if I provide somebody with all the information, you know, they can make a decision you yeah. know, based on uh, the information that, but I ended up tra- actually transitioned to the opposite yeah. uh, side of that. And trying to remember. and refinancing wasn't really, I mean, again, there's a lot of it was what happened between the banks and they blamed it on the mortgage the whole system was part of that, but a lot of that was, at least in my opinion, was was more in the people who were purchased on the purchase side, you know. And of mm-hmm. course, refinance like you can you can get stuck there as well, but it was more on the purchase side. People were just sign, you know, you your your pet dog could get a loan. I mean, it was that's the level. Yeah. So so you're doing kind of getting out of refinancing. You did the telemarketing, which, you know, that's a broad topic, but what's mm-hmm. kind of the next sales path you're down? I'm trying to remember. It was one of the two, uh, one of these two paths. So I did end up working for a telemarketing company. Okay. That was one of the, uh, at least the one of the most profitable uh, in America. And they were getting their leads from people who just purchased something off an of infomercial. Okay. <laughs> so that demographic. Sham wow. <laughs> yeah. Sham wow. So that demographic. So, and, you know, to be, to be quite frank, we, we were selling like these uh, savings programs, these things that were like a dollar. Okay. You get people to dollar for the first month and it would be, then it would be like $39 a month or offering them $40 in free gas vouchers. Okay. That they had to go tap into the Alaska pipeline to actually. Oh uh, I see just selling garbage pretty much. Gar- it was garbage. I didn't yeah. feel good about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, after a while, I definitely didn't feel too good about it because it was just reading a script, yeah. hitting these rebuttals. And if you can get these people to mumble yes, yeah. you know, you're th- that's a deal. Yeah. And then eventually they made me a closer, which means they you have fronters who front. Yeah. Uh, get the people. Then you get on the phone and you're like, listen, you got to buy this 99 cents, you know. Yeah. We were hitting yeah. with like three or four different programs. Um, yeah. So I did that. I forget about how long I did that. But, you know, this was back when telemarketing was still really uh, prevalent. There wasn't a whole bunch of regulations or laws or. Yeah, it was not like a, there wasn't like a. Do not call a registry. There, there, there was, this is like, this is just start. it was starting to heat up. Yeah. You know, attorney generals were starting to get pissed off and yeah. things were starting to, um, you know, starting to get real hot in that industry. You know, it used to be if, because who they purchased from, yeah. they would actually have their credit card already. That was part of the lead. Okay. So all we had to do is read the last, we're going to build the last four digits of your visa ending in three, five, six, nine. You know, oh, okay. Then it switched to that, to reading the whole number. Then the customer had to give the, the whole full information, the full number, and then, like, so this company uh, still kept uh, after a few years of uh, of me working there. But eventually, you know, the whole all the angles were shut yeah. down. Yeah. You know? So it just wasn't profitable. Um, yeah, you're not really, I mean, you're not really getting on the phone and helping yep. people accomplish something that yep. should be accomplished. And this is the same thing. Like, if you go online and you purchase something, uh, some vendors will send you to, like, another page where you can purchase some kind of savings club yeah. or something. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to think of, an, like, a, 
like an example. So it's like a, you go you on a website and then you become a member or something and it's like a coupon thing or what is it like? Yeah, some I've seen it from time to time. I'm like, oh, that's the same thing. They're just you know you, you purchase something, uh, then they uh, send you to this other website where they ask you if you want to join this or join that. So they're still kind of doing it, but on an online uh, basis now. Online basis, yeah. yeah. Um, then I worked for a company called Mortgage Foreclosure Solutions. Okay. Where what we – this is when the, the shit hit the fan with the uh, mortgage industry. Um, this is kind of – this is a kind of interesting story too. It's run by Scientologists in Clearwater, a lot of uh, sales um, rooms – yeah, like the phone rooms and stuff. Scientologists run them. You know. What What is a Scientologist, Seth? What is a Scientologist? I'll take you down to Clearwater, and <laughs> we'll go down to downtown Clearwater, and you'll see them. They're just uh, they kind of walk and they stare off into uh, space. They they that's one of their main headquarters. Is okay. where, where I'm from. It's the only downtown area where I'm from that's just not popping. Okay. You know, like on Friday, Saturday nights, because what these guys do, they have so much money. Yeah. That they bought, they they did some construction, they closed the roads. One of my buddies had a, a store on yeah. this road, Fort Harrison, and they made it take an extra year, so all the businesses couldn't last. Yeah. So they basically took over all of this downtown area in Clearwater. Gotcha. All these other areas, like you got downtown St. Pete, downtown uh, uh, like Palm Harbor, downtown Dunedin, all these little downtowns in Pinellas County, where I'm from. Yeah. They're just the they're just you know these awesome places to go you know they're uh everyone there's hustling and bustling yeah a lot of good uh food shops and music and you know but not in downtown clearwater yeah um but back to mortgage foreclosure solutions so what um people whose home were getting foreclosed on they would go into the uh county records and they'd send these uh big uh, mailers. Okay. Like you're getting for, yeah. I forget exactly what the mailer said, but I think it was more along the lines that we can help you. And, uh, they would call, call in and we would take all their financial information. And then what we actually sold these, uh, homeowners was, uh, basically mitigations with the bank. So we had a whole team. Okay. Uh, I think it was like six or seven people who would reach out to these banks and try to come up with a deal. Try to do uh, to do something in order to mitigate uh, the loan. Yeah. Do an extension. You know, they had a few different plans. And if somebody qualified and they could afford the mortgage, yeah, uh, we could help them. Gotcha. For sure. And but what I started seeing and what started happening was as I'm taking people's financials and I'm going over everything i'm like even if we help these people they still can't afford this mortgage yeah yeah so how do they get into this thing yeah how they get into it yeah Yeah. a lot of them ended up you know in the arm and then yeah all all that yeah that that was a big i mean if you saw the big short right you Mm -hmm. watched that movie oh yeah yeah i mean you it's uh it's obviously the movie version of it what happened but Mm -hmm. i mean you know, they just, you know, there's no very minimal disclosures and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And you're getting into an arm and you t- suddenly like your payments triple what it was. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Or somebody bullshitted, right? Either the homeowner bullshitted yeah. or the mortgage broker. You know, this is when this is the wild, wild west, right? So, yeah. you know, I don't know. You know, I wasn't there to point blame just to help try to find a solution. Um, so, side note to this is there was a few companies that were doing this as well. And the company that I worked for, we were doing the mitigation. We were help. We were helping people as long as they were honest about their financials. Yeah, we would help them. Um, talk about I'll talk a little bit about the sales process with that. So Scientologists have they're like, um, uh, what's a good way to explain? They have this is the sales, <laughs> this is the sales process. This is how we do it. Yeah, and uh, they had this script. And as I was working there, I realized you know. Here's the problem with the script that they had, as I saw it, was it was all based in fear, and it was like a one call, one close, one call close. You know. Okay. And and for just to give some listeners or whoever's watching this, uh, some backstory, like what was like an average commission, or what were you gonna make on like a on a deal like that? If you can try to remember, I'm just thinking because you're saying it, you're going for one call close. It sounds like it was worth a call back. You know, to one hundred percent worth the call back. Yeah, I mean, I think we were making. I I can't remember, but I wouldn't been there. I would not have been there if it wasn't uh, hidden. Yeah, yeah. If if it wasn't good. You yeah. Know? Um, I'm sure it was hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Yeah. A, a deal that you did. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a great setup compared to the other telemarketing stuff that I did. You know, you had your own desk. You know what I mean? Your own, it was yeah. a real deal. Computer. I mean, it was a real deal. Um, so as I was doing it, reading their script and, you know, trying to follow and do, do what they do, I realized is that um, if somebody didn't buy, because listen, when you're asking, because we were asking these people for some money. Yeah. You know, and I believe, if I remember correctly, it was based on their mortgage, their mortgage payments, some something like that, like five mortgage payments. Yeah. Because who we were really trying to help with this are people who had hardships. Yeah. Right. Uh, you lost your job. You went three months into into the rears. Yeah. And this is right before the crash, right? So banks, if, especially if you had some equity. Yeah. Yeah, the bank was like, "Yeah, we're we're foreclosing." Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. We're take we're taking it. You know, this is before they had such a huge surplus of uh, homes that they foreclosed on, and kind of lost my train of thought there. But um, we're talking about, um, you know, your your sales process in oh, the script. This, yeah, the sales process, and I was like, "Yeah," when I hammer these people because you're telling them, you know, yeah. I'm I'm bringing them to reality at the same time. I'm like, look. If you don't do anything about this, the sheriff is coming to your home and they are going to escort you out of your home. Yeah. And they're going to give you like 15, 20 minutes to get all your stuff out. And that's what's happening. You're not selling the vacation. You're selling the nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And it it's true. You know, yeah. and, and I know I've been there and other people, you know, sometimes you just want to avoid or hope something's going to happen. And, mm -hmm. you know, until the sheriff's knocking on your door yeah you know because most of these people we've talked to had already had quite a few notices i mean this shit was happening yeah if they didn't do anything they're gone yeah so i understood that part of the sales process is to bring uh the reality to people to say this is what's going to happen 
and but they wanted to just like hard 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 you know and I knew if I was asking uh you know if you're married of course and I'm on the phone with you uh it might be something you want to talk to your wife about before you send some guy you know six or seven grand Mm -hmm. you know so I did started doing a little bit kind of out of the script out of the script changed it a little bit and then I think it was after a month month and a half I got pulled into the office and normally when I get pulled in the office it's (laughs) not normally a good thing or or HR you know Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah the guy brought me in and the Scientologists are big and in sales, you should always be big with numbers. It's all about numbers. It's going to have to find out where you're at, where you want to be, what you need to do, so on and so on. But they use these charts and graphs, and they pull me in the office and go, what are you doing? Mm. Like, what are you talking about? And they start showing me this graph that's going up and up and up and up and up. And I'm like, well, you know, I changed things up a little bit. I'm trying to make this more of a conversation and, of course, build the reality of the situation yeah but at the same time uh and don't get me wrong i go for the clothes right there's no doubt about it because i know sometimes there's no b-back bus you know when mm-hmm. it comes to sales and i still go for the clothes but i didn't i didn't try to well you 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 felt each situation and listened and you knew you know like i think what you're getting at is instead of following the script every time where it was go for the clothes mm-hmm. like you're on the phone with a guy who's you know and his wife's not home or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. Wife, you're talking to the wife, got to talk to the husband. And you build a little bit of trust because it's like you're a, you're a normal human being. Like that's something you should talk to your, your wife about. And they're like, oh, you know what? That's a good idea. I should probably do that. Because ultimately, like what's going to happen is going to happen. And so, you know, you want them to go for it on the phone. Mm-hmm. But as you discovered, not every single you, – you probably increase – I don't know, whatever your, your uh, close rate, I'm sure, increased by doing that. Yeah, it certainly did. And, you know, they're, you know, you don't want to alienate a potential customer by just, you know, grinding them down, trying, trying to close them when they, when they have some legitimate reasons to make, uh, to make a decision, you know what I mean? Some things to talk about somebody about. So anyway, I did that. And, but at the same time, what was interesting was there's a couple other companies, there's one in Texas, there's two in Florida uh, doing the same thing that we were doing, but they weren't doing the fulfillment. Okay. Which means they were taking people's money. They didn't have the mitigation team like we had that all these guys did for like 10 hours a day was just call these banks and just call the banks and try to mitigate, you know, try to get these people back, get, get their homes back. So one day the state attorney, well, I'd already heard rumblings about how, this is not going. This is not going good. Not necessarily with our place. I knew we were doing the right thing uh, wh- where I was at. Um, but I go to lunch one day and come back, and the, the was it firearm and tobaccos, firearm and tobacco. The uh, the cops. Yeah. You know, they raided our. Uh, office yeah they raided, they raided the office so of course i, I didn't go back i didn't go back i didn't go back <laughs> that to was work. the last day yeah but they shut all these places down and you know it's just it was accumulation of um these other places not not doing what they were supposed to do what i heard on the back end was we tried 
and here's how you know a company, especially in this telemarketing, phone marketing, if they're legit or they're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. They still paid us. Okay. After they were shut down. Yeah. You know, so that that's a really good sign that you're working with people yeah. who want to do the right thing. Because right? what do you think? The other companies were, I mean, because you're collecting, you're, you're getting money. Uh-huh. And it's not going right to the bank. You're, you're, you're the, you know, intermediary pretty much, right? Yeah. So I'd imagine some people start to not. I mean, they get a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever they collected, and mm-hmm. then they if they can't, you know, maybe they weren't sending it to the bank or you know who knows what was going on. Well, I know what was going on. They didn't have. They weren't mitigating for these people. They were they were just collecting the the money, the money. on the front end and not doing shit on the back end. Nice. What I found out later, what ended up happening was, as all this this fire had been lit, that the we tried to help a lady who lied about her financials. Okay. And because she lied about her financials, she called the attorney general. And since, you know, this tsunami was already going coming for this industry. Yeah, it's exact. It, it hit us. Yeah. You know, let me just check this. Over. Okay. We'll take our shirts off here. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pay extra for that. Yeah. So yeah, so I guess uh, so that got that got legitimately raided, taken down. Crash of 08. Um, like just to kind of take a pause and just go like you know, did you enjoy? You just I mean knew you liked to talk to people, right? And so like I guess as sales as a whole, like you're doing all that stuff. I mean, it's obviously money driven, but. I mean, I think that one of the things that we learn, I'm, so, I'm young, I'm learning it, is that, like, it's great when you can sell stuff, right, and you make some money, but when you can actually do something that actually helps people, then it's, you have, like, a stronger conviction that you sell with. So it sounds like you kind of went through that where you were doing some telemarketing stuff, it was good, then it wasn't so good, then at least the mortgage thing, you felt like you were at a company and what you were doing were trying to help people because it's hard to sell and it's hard to close, but if you're trying to sell something that's not, you know, it's like a scam or it's not legitimately helping people, it's even harder. So what kind of with that, after you got rid of with that, like going forward, I mean, did you try to find things that were more focused on the customer or having a team or what was kind of like the, the thought in the head or was it just, Hey, how do I, you know, you're just trying to make it in the world like the rest of us. Like what was the, the thought? Well, there's a couple things with sales initially. I like doing hard stuff and it's always a challenge. And I have, I've always had this type of ego where I want to be number one. So for a while, like with the telemarketing and some of those things, you know, unfortunately it wasn't about helping people. It was really just about trying to, you know, help, help myself, you know, um, you know, with the telemarketing gig, it was, uh, you know, I mean, if people use some of those programs and did some of those things, but I really felt like we were just trying to get their yeah, credit card. You knew. Yeah. You got yeah. a conscience, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, and that was an interesting place. You know, I was a little older, but, the, you know, there's people making six figures a year there. Yeah. You know, there's 20 year old kids driving brand new Lexuses. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was very, uh, temp, you know, the, the, 
temptation and, yeah you know all, all that was there but then get into the um you know the foreclosure assistance solutions that we talked about yeah i felt like i was actually helping you know actually able to help people and you know naturally i'm a little uh introverted uh especially especially initially so sales has really helped me uh you know um with not being so introverted and mm. you know getting to meet people and you know it's sales has absolutely uh, changed that, you know, still even today, like where I work, I still have this thing in my mind, tell me, don't go up to, you know, you know, I always have to fight this, this, this thing that wants the easier, softer, you know, easier, softer way. Um, yeah, because naturally, I mean, I think everyone, it's just different levels, but I mean, you, you know, or especially outbound calls or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have to walk into a place to do a cold, introduction all that stuff Mm -hmm. there's just that voice in your head it's like oh man but like you know you have to do those things and then it's like the momentum i call it that is that i do not want to start dialing the phone but once i start dialing like the first phone call is the hardest Uh second call is easier third call is easier boom 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 Mm -hmm. and then you're i mean it's and then the next day it's almost like a reset you're almost like back to that same Same. fucking thing man (laughs) it's like i don't want to do this Yeah, it's like my mind says ah, it's not going to matter. No one's going to answer. You know, it's a constant like battling against uh, against yourself. Yeah. Really, is what it is. It's a battle of, you know, and you know. So the next few jobs I'm going to talk about are commission only jobs. Okay. Um, which you know the stakes is a lot higher than right. Um, that foreclosure assistance solutions job, I, if I remember correctly, might have been minimum wage, which. Uh, that's almost a commission only. Yeah. yeah. That's almost a commission only. I mean, you only. could maybe pay like rent, yeah. you know what I mean, a month yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, so the next endeavor I did, it was really fun for for a while. It was uh, uh, fitness marketing okay. uh, company. So um, just to give you a kind of an idea of how the, how the structure was is if you were a gym owner – and your gym was struggling, or if you'd used us before and knew how well this could work, um, you would look for a company. We would market. We send out mailers, and what we would do is, is uh, we'll come in and we'll give you between 150 and 300 new EFT members. The EFT members are uh, electronic funds transfer contracts. Okay, recurring. Recurring contracts, yep. So, um, and we always did the upfront cost as well. So you'd fly out, you'd do the... Normally I'd drive out because I'd go from... Place to place. Place to place. And I I did fly out to, like, from Florida. When I came out to the West Coast, I would fly out. Yeah. I kind of liked having my car and, like, driving and hitting. You know, I got to see a lot of the... Country. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the country doing this. That was just... uh, one of the side benefits of this job. So what we would do is we would front the first uh, bit of marketing. So I would go out to a gym, and normally the gym owners were very happy to see us when I got there. That would change, though, Uh, because here we are. We're coming out, no cost to them. And our first marketing campaign that we normally do, and, and if you guys have seen this before, on Facebook or any of these places, you know, and um, I 
forget the oh Alex Hormozzi yep. uh, gym launch yep. yeah is a weight loss fitness program uh, like a six week is it the six week challenge or something well, this was sixteen week challenge sixteen week right. okay and the marketing was sixteen week and you know uh, we'd give them a bunch of stuff for free but they'd have to have a gym membership right okay so we would go out we would uh, drop bulk mail. And then um, we essentially would set up our own business inside of the gym, inside of a gym. Yep. So we'd handle all the uh, all the people calling in off the postcards. Now this is all streamlined into yeah. Facebook and shit like yeah, that. It's, it, yeah. But it's the same process. Process is the same. Process. You is might the not same. be there, but yep. set appointments, have uh, women come in. And this is where I really started to kind of do these. This is my first time really like face to face. In sales, okay. In sales. Yeah, because you've been on the phone. Yeah. And now you got to read body. What are we, 90, 90, like, what is communication? Like 87% body language or whatever the statistic is. So you're kind of learning that because in person, mm-hmm. you didn't have that luxury or, you know. All over the phone before. Yeah. Yeah. All over the phone. And now, uh, and we, we'd also do, so I'd also hire telemarketers. Okay. I'd put a couple, uh, I'd buy some cell phones, get them set up with a number for uh, whatever area code. And we'd have, you know, depending, two or three, four or five. Normally they were uh, girls that we'd hire. And we'd have them call just local businesses, say, hey, you want a free uh, two-week membership? Hmm. You know, so that was one of the marketings. We'd also send out a, uh, like a pay in full marketing Okay. Uh, so, if, you know, giving people a big discount. Yeah. Because what we would use is the cash. Collected. We'd collect cash. Any cash we'd collect, we'd use that to uh, pay ourselves, to pay for hotels. Sometimes I'd do a hotel trade where I'd give, uh, uh, hot- give a hotel access to that gym for their guests for a year, you know. Normally, I turn that in at the end to the gym owner. Yeah. But we kind of tell them in the beginning, you know, this is, you know, because if not, we got to take this cash. Because at the end of the promotion, there'd be a cash split. They'd split the cash with us. Okay. And they'd get half the cash. And they would keep the recurring clients or whatever. Yeah, they keep the, yep, they, they would keep the recurring. Plus, uh, uh, we got a percentage of that as well. Okay. So long, you got long term, I mean, long term, short term, pays yeah. for the whole entire. Uh, promotion. Once I figured out how all this worked, I was like, "Oh, I, I see how we do this." Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I want to. So we kind of skip, or I kind of cut you off there. But so now you're you're dealing with people in person. You're selling something that's emotional, like weight loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, typically was it aimed at women in general, or was absolutely, it, it was all. It was, it was all women. So okay. This is something good to talk about because this is where I uh, started. Um, to learn some stuff um you know all the stuff i'm talking about along the way 95 percent of it somebody i went to somebody and said here's how i'm struggling and somebody gave me say do this next time try this next time gotcha you know so most of this stuff other than kind of my style or what it, you know other the, the way you build rapport or whatever other than that like the skill set of this thing you know and, and i've come up with a couple things but overall all the big stuff somebody has helped me with i go hey i'm struggling They're like do this and i'm mm-hmm. like okay next time when that light bulb goes off when someone says something then i just do what they say mm-hmm. and, you know and what's so cool about that too is when somebody helps you yeah 
and that works, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I listen. Yeah. Well, because it's that ego. You know, it's like we got to listen. We think that we are the, you know, we know how to do everything. Yep. And then you have to crush that ego down and be like, hey, how do you do this? Just like, you know, you were saying with the social security thing. I'm sure when they told you that, you're like, there ain't fucking no way that's working. And then, boom, you did it. Yep. And you're like, ah, okay, never mind. I don't need this long-winded explanation. Yeah. Boom, we're rolling. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so I, and I've, a lot of sales things, I've seen people be hard-headed and just struggle. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure I can get hard-headed and do some things, but overall, when I'm struggling, I tell somebody. And I normally follow that advice that I get yeah. from uh, somebody. So anyway, so this is kind of interesting. So we're bringing in women who um, have struggled with weight loss, mm. you know. And not only have they struggled with weight loss, these women are coming in to a health club, and we do Gold's Gym. We do okay, we do intimidating, very, very intimidating. And I could tell. And we had a thing that we'd have the um, potential um, gym member fill out, and basically what that was, it gave me all the information okay. that I kind of needed to know, especially when the objections would come up. I'd be able to handle all that before. But what I realized is like, I think I'm doing my job really well. And I didn't realize that how uncomfortable these women were. How nervous they were. How, just how uncomfortable were, Mm. you know, sitting with their hands. And it clicked, clicked to me that, you know, although I have this great program that I know if they do it, if we get them in here, uh, that they're going to be, they'll have a chance of being successful. Yeah, if they follow it. Yeah, you're not selling, it's not some garbage thing. Yeah, I had ladies that at some other gyms who, because I'd be in these gyms sometimes for two or three months, they come up to me and give me big hugs. Thank you so much for talking me into this and, you know. Changed my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I finally realized is that I need them, before I start talking about fitness, before I start talking about any of this stuff, I need her to uncross her arms. Mm. that's the first thing I need to do here. So that was my, that started being my goal. How do I get them comfortable in a totally uncomfortable situation and have a little empathy and sympathy and understand that this is a tough deal. Yeah. You know, cause most of, as I start to interview and start to go over some of these things, you know, these are women who struggled, yeah. you know, with, maybe their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And almost all of them, by the time that they're going to show up to a Gold's Gym to meet some doofus like me, they don't know, <laughs> yeah. is that they've tried everything. Yeah. All the fad diets, all the things that are out there. And, I mean, me and you both know that, I mean, when it comes to being in shape and fitness and all that, the main thing is be healthy. Yeah, and there's, and there's no avoiding the work. I mean, you just yep. have to just... And it's, there's none of those, none of that shit, you know, mm-hmm. I never, I've never had to lose weight before, but again, to like get in shape and do all that stuff, it's just consistently show up. Mm-hmm. And after about three months, you're like, oh, okay. But most of the time people do it for three weeks and they're like, this isn't working. Let mm-hmm. me try this easier, faster, shinier program. Yep. Right. And so that's what they've built up for maybe freaking decades walking in. And then on top of that, they're walking in to meet, you know, you who's a male who's you know not it's not like a friend i mean you try to become their friend but that's why you've got the farthest spread pretty much you could have yeah so i learned about rapport and trying to uh, you know get somebody a little more comfortable um 
and that that program worked really well. Sometimes the gym that we uh, uh, did now all these contracts were signed with the gym. This is what we're doing. This is what you need to provide. Sometimes the depending on the gym, you know, they'd half-ass things and stuff like that. But I I didn't see that necessarily as uh, um, my issue, mm. so to speak, uh, because and you don't really know that to the end of promotion anyway. Yeah, you know. You don't see all this stuff going on, and um, so that was one of the main uh, programs that we that we ran in order to drive uh, members to the gym. And the interesting thing about this uh, business was about because we were good at what we do. Yeah, we were good at driving traffic into the gym, and we were really good at selling memberships really good i mean we were like trained assassins yeah when it came to this they i have all this information on this thing that they filled out so this open-ended conversation i would have with them before i'd go into uh go into um we call it Cl- close yeah the close yeah the close is that i've handled all these objections they yeah. don't know it yet but i've handled them all okay we've talked about how they eat and we've talked about do they have time you know, all these things and just this relaxed, open-ended conversation, talk about their goals, talk about the last time that they thought about getting a gym membership, the last time that they went into a gym. So when it comes time to close, know, to close, I yeah. have all this information that, you know, I'm going to use it. You're yeah. going to use the, to make the sale. Yeah. Yeah. Cause time, money, um, you know, there's a few other, there's a few spouses, spouses, all that stuff. You know, the spouse one was, I had to, I had to kind of figure that one out because, because uh, you can ask somebody, you can ask, say, is your spouse okay with this? Yeah. And they'll say yes. Yeah. No one's going to say no. Yeah. Necessarily. But you really have to dig a lot deeper into that. What I learned, especially with the weight loss study, I would, uh, I would ask them, I'd say, uh, you know, sometimes in the past we've seen women start this program and for some reason their husbands aren't happy with it or boyfriends aren't happy with it. And I don't know for what reason, um, if we were to enroll you in this program, what do you think, what do you think your husband would think about this? Mm. And then they go into a lot more detail. I've been, I'm doing this no matter, you know, I'm doing this no matter what. Well, cause you've, you've, there's like, you kind of sold the vacation in there and then you want to pull up any objections. Yeah. You're trying to get them mm-hmm. to tell them, you know, mm-hmm. cause like I said, if they start losing weight, you know, whether that's a real story or not, but if they start losing weight, husband's overweight, he's going to be like, I don't, you know, who knows I, what you're dealing with. Right. But mm-hmm. that's not the point. The point is to figure out that's an objection point mm-hmm. and now, you, you know, trying to close that off. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times, you know, in... How many times have you gone to purchase something and maybe or do something that's going to um, it's going to change your life a little bit, right? Mm. It's like the change I just made going to Tony Honda, right? Yeah. You know, um, these type of things is like when you leave without doing it, mm. your mind doesn't normally give you a million reasons to go ahead and do it. Our minds have this trajectory where it's like, Ah, uh, you know, I really didn't like that guy, Seth. You know, well, you know, kind of smelled in there. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And I don't know if I can make it three times a week. Or, you know what? I'm sure they'll be running this program in a couple months. Yeah. You know, so I felt it was my job if I have some something somebody wants mm-hmm. or needs or a combination of both um, that if it's going to um, benefit them, then I should try to help them to achieve that. Yeah, make it happen. Make it yeah. happen. Because yeah. it's not going to, you know, they mm-hmm. you got – Get them in there once is hard. Getting them in there again. Forget about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Very rare. Very rare. Yeah. You know, and for me, when you lose a couple of those people, then you're like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Because I know this will help them. I know this is what they need. How can I help yeah. them be successful? <clears throat> well, it's a common thing. Oh, I want time to think about it. Okay, cool. You know, mm-hmm. I understand, you know, Seth or, you know, Sarah, right? Yeah. Selling the woman. You need more time to think about this. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when I work with people, like I'm just an example, mm. but it's usually the price or, you know, the outcome. Well, you know, then maybe you go into the outcome and say, you know, Sarah, everyone who comes into this program, you know, loses X amount of pounds, whatever. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you want that. So that's not the problem. Boom. You move over to the price. Mm-hmm. Is this, the, you know, whatever. And then you're trying to corner them to tell you what's actually because they, they don't need more time to think about it. They know they want to lose the weight. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. they're in there. Mm hmm. Yeah, and there's another uh, there's another facet to that uh, presentation you just did. It's also the consequences if you don't do it. Okay, I like yeah, that. The consequences. So, you know, what's going to happen if you don't? Because yeah. most people already have health problems. You know, the average woman, and this is, uh, I don't remember the exact numbers on this, but the sure. average American woman. After the age of forty, adds five pounds a month. Uh, five, a month. <laughs> that, that's if you live in Sizzler. But, yeah. uh, but five five pounds uh, a, a year. year yeah. You know, and all these different things. So I'd also build up, you know, the consequences of. Yeah. You know what what happens if you don't do this? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Do you have kids? Do you have grandkids? Do you want to set an example? I mean. Yep. All yep. those things. Mm-hmm. So that's where I really started, kind of learning how to um i guess basically sell something that i know somebody would need needs yeah especially and would 100 percent benefit from it well and there's more kind of like how we got onto this topic was there's more like conviction with that sale because it's it's i mean think about that same scenario but they're coming in and trying to think of something that's not too comical but you're trying to sell them you know um you know Here's a good, better example. It's like weight loss pills, which don't work, right? Right. It's a lot harder for you to like probably sleep at night, but like mm-hmm. go through all those objections because you really know like those pills ain't doing shit, man. Yeah. You know, so that's like that's probably a parallel to that mm-hmm. of like okay, you got into something and and it's more fun because you especially once you get that. Obviously, you know you want to make money, but you get people that are coming up to you and that continues to happen. You know it's working. Mm-hmm. So it's just you're just trying to convince someone it, it for them to see it. You know it works, right? And I think that's uh, one of the things I've like when you listen to Alex Ramosi or these people, whatever they're selling is they sell like like the people who run the company or the sales team or whatever. Like you got to believe in like what you're doing mm-hmm. enough to where like or not enough, but like to a point where it's like yeah, this is legit. This is what we're selling. You know, you're still gonna have all those objections with whatever you sell. You could give away mm-hmm. money and people are gonna be say what's the catch right 
which I did that, and I'll tell you that later, but yeah. uh, <laughs> something similar. Yeah, and, you know, today, 100%, I'm not working, I'm not selling for something that I don't think is going to benefit somebody, and I'm not going to sell something for where the company isn't going to uh, do fulfillment and have good customer service. A lot of times, you know, a lot of the commission-only jobs, they put a lot on you, so I'm normally the customer service uh, yeah. customer service as well yeah which i went to like disney training uh customer service uh training which is pretty interesting okay um is that like disney world yeah disney world oh, okay yeah. i mean they actually it was a, at a uh it was at a civic center okay uh down the street from disney world did you dress up as uh as uh mickey mouse mini mini yeah. oh nice <laughs> <laughs> this is the weight loss for Minnie mouse yes yeah <laughs> She's really skinny now. She can get she can get anywhere she wants to go. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and then with that company, uh, Premier Fitness Marketing, um, I kind of did everything with them. Ended up uh, supervising. I set up uh, um, a telemarketing because we were doing the telemarketers, right? Hiring them, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. So I built like a I got a dialer. Okay. And instead of hiring, we tried to do everything in house. Yeah. So I hired telemarketers to call and give away the free uh, two week passes in the different uh, areas that that we were in. I went out and uh, helped um, help do some promotions. Uh, that was a really uh, fun, interesting job. Um, okay. It just kind of um, the windshield time. Got yeah. a lot, the driving, and I was doing all this stuff and just decided that, yeah, most of my sales job, sales jobs, three, four years max. Yeah, in turn. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, three to four years and then something. Yeah, and like with that, with the next job that I had, the f- next job, uh, sales job, it's like I really worked my way up to yeah. where I like the challenge. You know, it's like where I started now. There, there's a big challenge yeah. to be had. You know, um, so I enjoy the uh, the grind of trying to be number one mm. and trying to get to the top. And I think once I kind of get there, you know, and I know you're might be kind of the same way in the sense it's like. So I moved to Hawaii, right? It's like I'm ready to move on to the to the next thing. Would it have made sense to stay at one of these companies? And probably, you know, and probably would have made sense. Yeah. But part of me is like, man, I, I want options and choices, and you yeah, know. you want adventure. I mean, Hawaii. Yeah. That's a. I mean, out here is a big. It takes a couple. We actually moved at a similar time. I think like came 20 days probably after or whatever whatever may of 21 right yeah yeah so i mean coming up on three years and then i had been here before that but mm-hmm. it, it's like a, it's you have the culture change right you have the fact that you cannot drive anywhere besides the island that you're on mm-hmm. like logistically it is you're out here in in the, we're both from the east coast right yeah. so if it's like you're in florida and you're like oh maybe i'll move up to south carolina like you don't have any of those options. And before I had moved back here, I went to South Carolina and I was like, man, I, I love my parents, but I was like, this is too close to home. This is like a 12 hour drive, which is still far. But when you come out here, it's like, you're going to like, you're in it. And if you're going to stay here, like you're working in this economy or you're doing something here where you have to make it, you got to make friends here. You got to make 
business relationships here and it's it definitely the island definitely tests you but it's it's fun i mean that's what you're if, if it wasn't it was boring you'd be complaining about that yeah, yeah so i want to take this down a down a, a, a road so like now you're working at tony honda you're gonna, you're gonna sell some cars which you've done before yeah. i don't want to skip that but i kind of wanted like a little broader spec if i know probably selling cars isn't like what you want to do forever but what is like an, in the sales realm like do you have an interest in building a team out do you have interest in like doing sales training you know i i think about people like um andy elliott or who's real intense but i like it i mean you know whatever mm -hmm. but people like that you know is that where do you like if if you have a do you have a goal like that to do something like that or where do you want to go that's a really good question i've i've had that goal um the last place that i uh that i worked before i moved here they wanted me to manage and take everything over um but i i would love to manage just a team of sales people and not have like somebody corporate behind me if that makes sense okay so like a setting of like well, sorry to cut you off. No, but go. So, a setting where the whole process, the whole, all the revenue is just based on selling and fulfillment, selling and fulfillment, right? Where there's not other kind of arms of the company. Like when I did the pest control, um, that was for a Fortune 500 company, and by the time I was done there, I was the best in the nation. Okay. And, but the the next move there was to sit behind a desk and look at spreadsheets. Okay. And not Quarterly really results and yes, and not really be out there in the field and sales training, you know, doing that type of stuff. Plus, you know, we'll get to that. But that was a fairly easy uh, sales job. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven uh, doing that. Doing that, yeah. yeah. Especially, yeah. So my goal now, eventually my goal is to, I'm working on getting my insurance uh, license now. And I've always thought, we've talked about this, I've always thought insurance, helping people um, with that is a really good way to, way to go. Plus you can have an agency, plus you can, you know, so yeah. there's a lot of opportunity uh, there. Um, just waiting on everything to go through uh, with the sales license. That's kind of where, to answer your question, if I was to lay out a path, yeah, that's the path that I would like to like to go down. Um, yeah, nice. Okay. Do you want to do? Um, I don't know enough about insurance, but like life insurance, business insurance, you know, because I know you know there you can do home and auto, and there's like I mean there's commercial insurances or mm -hmm. like a, from people you've talked to, is there like a kind of more specific you know, niche you want to go into with that or two things you know i think you can generate a lot of income through all those ones that you mentioned like home auto all those type of things but i think a lot of that's transactional right mm. so it's just like you're gonna call if you need insurance right car insurance or uh homeowners insurance it's um not so relationship 
no, not so much a relationship now. Yeah, it's just price. Well, especially just price. Auto, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's going just, Geico and like it's just price. Yeah. What I like is the life insurance because there's a lot of different products. There's a lot of different uh, 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 different products that are available. Mm. So with that's not something that, and, and I could be wrong, but people just going online and picking some kind of life insurance. I think there's normally a uh, there's a personal connection to that where you meet with the person you try to fit uh with the best thing for whatever their situation is that seems like uh, a really good uh route to go on as mm. far as insurance is concerned you know in a big big picture you'd have an insurance agency that does it all right yeah you know um but that's some i mean patrick you know patrick van bat david i mean mm-hmm. what didn't he have a life insurance uh he sold um I forget the name of his agency, but he sold it yeah. for a, a lot of money, mm-hmm. like three hundred. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah, I would say it was like three hundred million. But he had, I believe, a life insurance agency that was nationwide. And so what he did was, I think, is important. Is like we typically tend to think small. They're like, I, you know, it's like I live in Kona. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna like do some networking. I'm gonna sell some autos, some life insurance, and yeah, it's okay. But like, I think what he did was he from the top, you know. He did a lot of media and stuff, but he created a national team either doing – I know it was life insurance. Yep. He might have done other mm-hmm. stuff too. So, And I heard one of his podcasts or something the other day, and I like what he was talking about. So when they started, when he's talking about how – I don't know if he's talking about when he started or some people that were around him when he started, but how these guys, they were the ones that were in the office late. Oh, they were yeah. the ones making the extra – phone calls you know those are those are the people that are typically successful you know doing doing that little bit uh sometimes it's a lot of bit but doing that bit that's actually extra it's fighting that voice yeah that that every day that everyday voice it says ah yeah i don't need uh, maybe just go surfing man you know you do this this afternoon and this afternoon never comes man no you know that's been my experience yeah it never does and even like what i'm doing with mortgages now just starting out it's like <clears throat> it's we all look for and i'm guilty of this we all look for a strategy right we all want the strategy of like i want to you know i want to do some more research and yes we got to learn some stuff and how to do social media but at the end of the day the answer that i found of how you learn is volume you want to be good at social media start posting you're going to figure it out you're going to suck in the beginning you want to you know i got to start doing more outbound emails and calls right mm-hmm. i think i do do a lot i've been holding myself accountable and i look and i'm like 25 a day is not enough i should be doing at least 100 you know the rule of 100 100 a day mm-hmm. which sounds like a lot and it is but like if one percent of people are responding or whatever your thing is that's just what it those are just numbers like you said before yep there's no other yeah after a period of time if you're doing what you should be doing you should be able to look at your numbers and break it down like this is I get this many deals, this is how many calls, emails, you can break you can break all this stuff down to, you know, the percentage. I've done I've done all this before. Yeah. It could be a little bit of a uh, mind fuck. No, we, we, we've talked about it before. Yeah. It's like you get you make X amount of outbound. Yep. You have a response mm-hmm. rate off of that response rate, uh-huh. X amount you know, decide to go the mm. next step, X percent of that, you yep. close. I mean, it's a funnel, you know. Yep. And then you just, big number here, that's your output. Yep. And you just 
you know. Then if you're consistent, this is what you need to do to consistently hit that. Make this. And if you want to give yourself a raise, yeah. You do more. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty pretty simple math. You just have to do math. But like we were talking about before, it's uh and I would have to say, you know, you have to be uh you know disciplined. Yeah. Discipline, discipline, discipline. And I will say the older I get, the less I don't know if Hawaii's rubbing off of me <laughs> here, but I, I'm, I mean, I jump right back into what I'm doing now, but you know, the whole discipline thing, it gets maybe a little harder, Okay. especially starting something new. Yeah. You know? And maybe we don't have any confidence that, and you know, it always goes back to, well, maybe I should have stayed at home team. Maybe I should have just stayed in Florida and stayed at home team. And I'd be doing X, Y, and Z, whatever yeah. X, Y, and Z, Z would be. But I wouldn't be sitting here on my porch in Hawaii talking to you right now, right? But anytime that I do something new, you have to start that whole, is this going to work? Yeah. Is this going to go? The whole process. Yeah. And this is even like starting at Tony Honda. You know, I know I see what's going on there, but I've already got my mind saying, oh, this is going to be tough. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, I'm going to have to do all this and I'm going to have to do all that, you know. And it's really not what my mind makes it out to be. Yeah. To show up today do these things today and give myself the best chance to help the customers that I can get in front of today. Yeah. That I can do today. Do and I haven't like for example at the end of this month when I kind of see as a whole month, then I'm going to set some goals. I'll be like, "Okay, I want to do this many cars." Mhm. I'm going to need to make this many. I don't have any analytics yet, right? Yeah. But once I do, then I can say this is what I need to do in order to get to this many cars yeah so that's the plan for next month because i you know the worst thing for salespeople that i've seen is not having a goal yeah and a plan to get to that goal yeah because i've been there and you're just it's always good to have that goal and goal's nice but you have to have a plan how to get there you need to do this 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 mm -hmm. this, this 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 and this every day and there's so many like you're saying about when, it, like just doing the day, you know, the things of the day, because there's, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty creative person. So I have, you know, I'm like, okay, I can, I'm doing this, we're doing this podcast thing, right? It's part of how I'm networking. I'm doing, you know, other stuff with social media, but then I'm, I'm real, you know, I'm going to doing the open houses and then I'm doing the, this, whatever. And that's all good. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you can't do like 3% of each, you know what I mean? And I, and I'm kind of looking at it and say, okay, I got to consistently do the podcast every week. So I've got three this week, mm -hmm. right? These are just numbers, but that is actually this week. And it's only three hours, man. I mean, it's not a lot of time right. to do three. It sounds like a lot. Right. And then, okay, there's one day you go to open houses. Cool. Get up early, go to everyone. Boom. Th that's done. Then you want to do outbound. Okay. I need, I, in my head every day when I go to bed, I'm like, I should have been doing more outreach today until I, until I sit down and just fucking do it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Right. So those are the things that we know we have to do. And then mm -hmm. that's where it's like coming up with the input and output and the goal of what we got to do. Mm -hmm. Right. There's nothing worse in my opinion. Well, there's some pretty bad things, but in what we're in the realm of what we're talking about there's nothing worse than things not going well with sales or with what you're trying to accomplish or what we've tried to accomplish and knowing you didn't do the fucking work yeah 
and going to bed at nighttime and just being like, man, I, I, I just didn't do, I didn't do what it takes to, yeah. make, to make the, to make this happen. You yeah. Know? That's a, that feeling should motivate you to do it the next day. Yeah. You Be- know? Because at the end of the day, if you put in a day of like, you really gr- felt like you grinded out, I think it's normal every day. At least I am on myself. Mm-hmm. I could have done more. Right. It's just naturally. Yeah. But there's, there are days like a couple of days, you know, maybe not yesterday. I kind of slacked off on shooting with, you know, and, uh, but the day before I was like, all right, cool. I can sleep tonight. Like I, I can turn my brain off a little bit and know I did what I knew, knew I needed to do today. Right. And that goes back to, it's not a new strategy. It's just do the work just needs to be done, mm-hmm. you know? So. so back to the sales thing real quick. Yeah. I do definitely want to talk about, uh, so I was doing that premier fitness marketing and, um, decided I'm not doing that no, anymore. Yeah. And I saw this ad. I was looking for another sales job. And these guys basically, I can't remember, I can't even come close to remember the ad for verbatim. Yeah. But they posted something like, look, if you're a hardcore sales guy, you know, if you're not, I mean, I looked at the, I looked at the ad like, if you're not a bitch. Yeah. And you want to make some money, this ain't going to be easy. Yeah. Come, come check us out. Yeah. That, that's basically, and the ad got my attention. Yeah. And that's when I ended up at uh, Dimmit Chevrolet. Uh, that's in Clearwater, Florida. Okay. And I had no idea what was going on there at the time, but I later found out that I had uh, thankfully been hired by, like, one of the best sales teams in America. The guy, my GM, Scott Clore, fantastic, fantastic guy. Very dynamic. You know, everybody – Everybody like loves this guy. Like isn't a good. Everybody loved him. Yeah. Kind of demanded respect too. He just he was just he was just that type of guy. Yeah. And he could drag your ass under the carpet too. You know what yeah. I mean? And you'd still like him after he did it. You know he's just that type of guy. So he would go into struggling dealerships and um, bring his team in and make them like superstores. Okay. So that's what he did at, at Dimmon. And I got, got in there about after four or five months after that team was in there. And just to give you an example, they were selling 50 new cars a month yeah. when I got there. When I left, they were selling over 200 new cars a month. Wow. Same spot, same, same brand. Yeah, same, 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 same market. Yeah. Same everything, right? Yeah. And But these guys were serious about sales. You know what I mean? And they were serious about you being a professional and they were serious about um, training. And I thought I'd, you know, all these little sales things I told you up to this point, I thought, yeah, I'm a good sales guy. I know, I know what I'm doing. I learned so much from that because we had sales training every single day. And these guys were so dynamic. Their managers there were so dynamic, so such good trainers and using real-life situations. This one guy, Bobby Amino, loved this guy. He's like a, a I don't know if he was in the mafia before. Sounds Italian, Bobby Amino. Yeah, Bobby yeah. Amino, and he just had that that that, that New York accent, and yeah. you assume he's in the mafia, uh, but how they do their sales training was just fantastic, so engaging, and I absolutely loved um, working for those guys. I learned so much about sales, so much about closing, so much about how, because you know, you've done you did the car thing for a little while, you know. 
people like if you were to you take them out of their they're sitting on their home you put them in a car dealership they freak the fuck out yeah it's it's almost <laughs> it's like worse it's probably i'm sure when it's ranked it's like worse than the dentist you know what i mean people yeah. hate going to people yeah. hate going to a car dealership yeah and yeah. you know we mentioned closing earlier but cl- closing has a start right and if you don't start with step one you're never going to get to step 10 which is closing for example right yeah and what these guys told me, same thing with the Social Security. I understand what's your Social Security number. These guys said, look, when you introduce yourself to these people, you say, hi, welcome to them at Chevrolet. What you do, once you do that, you say, follow me. And you just turn and walk to the door. Yeah. And they're like, they'll follow you. Yeah. Because that was the thing. Get them inside. Yeah. Because I'm in. just looking outside. Yeah. Yeah. Get him inside. Follow me. And I, would, and I started doing that, and people were following me. I was like, these guys know what they're talking about. Yeah. Because then you could sit them down, then you could kind of go through the process instead of them wandering around a car uh, a lot with, you know, how, how much is this one? How yeah. much is this one? Where's you can this car? Sit them down and qualify yeah. them. And, you know, that's all an advantage to a salesperson, right? Doing the the sales process that ends up at close, but it's also a huge advantage to the, to the customer, right? Because if the customer is just going to wander around a lot, ask how much this car is, that car, how many weekends are they going to spend looking at cars? You know, if they bump into a real salesman, who's actually going to help them and get past all that stuff that people have when they come into a car dealership and just help them through the process, you know, my job was let me help get these people in and out of here as quickly as possible. If yeah. I got what what they want and I can get in their budget, great. If not, let me send them down the street. Yeah. And that's what I finally learned from, like, how do you help a customer? And a lot of times it's like I, I do this every day, Mr. Customer. Mm-hmm. You do this once every four years. You might come in here thinking, you know, that this is how you're going to do it. But that way is not going to be successful in you getting the – car that you want in a short time frame does that make does that kind of make sense what i'm saying yeah I yeah. Get you. yeah yeah because don't get me wrong when i first started working working there these people were just running me around like yeah. i was an idiot and i was yeah. you know doing yeah. this doing that and i and you know being new don't really know what to do especially in the car there's so much stuff going on at a car dealership so many questions so much stuff i just was like i have no idea yeah i think i used i'm new for a year and a half yeah you know bear with me i'm new you know because I saw how good that worked, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, learning how to help people through that process, right? Because um, people are naturally reluctant when they come to a car dealership. Yeah, they're just they just don't want to. They just have an idea in their mind of how this thing's going to go, and the cool thing on so on the back end of this thing is is that I can't tell you how many people told me thank you so much. Mm. Can't believe how how this process went you're the best sales guy that i've that i've ever had you know and i started you know toward getting all these referrals and, and all this stuff because um, it is people's natural inc- inclination to say i'm just looking yeah right let's just say tomorrow you and danny need some furniture you know exactly what furniture you need right mm-hmm. you ever been to like a furniture store where it's just full of furniture right Ah, uh, you know, man, I bought my my futon from Walmart. So <laughs> you've never been to like Ashley's? No, I have been. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah the, they don't, we don't really have one here. 
so much. They, there is one here, is there? right oh, across okay. the street from Costco. Don't tell Danny that I'm not going there, man. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you can know exactly what you need. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. looking for a sectional. Yeah. And I mean, so when you go into like a furniture store like that, all the furniture is they're all looks like they're all in sets. Yeah. Right. You have the you have a thing. So anyway, you walk in the door. You know exactly what you need. The sales guy stand there and say, "Hey, how you doing? Can I help you?" Knee-jerk reactions. I'm just looking. Yeah. Right. So if you say that and the sales guy doesn't know how to overcome overcome that, what you're going to do now is wander around this furniture store and wonder is is this part of a set? You know, yeah. is this is this this. You're just gonna. You know, you can you can make a Saturday morning that can take an hour and a half. You can turn it into six a five, hour, yeah. a six hour. Deal. You're gonna, not gonna, and you're still not gonna buy anything. Yeah. yeah, you know, go to the next place, go to the next place. So, salesperson's job should be to help the customer, right? So, if somebody comes in and has that objection, it's my job to handle that objection and try to help them find what they're looking for and help them get in and out of there uh, as quickly as possible with what they're what they want that's something that fits their budget and of course i make a commission for that yeah. but hopefully i earn that commission by turning them wandering around three or four furniture stores like a zombie looking yeah. around for stuff not sure what's what what goes together what doesn't go together you know so i think that as salespeople, you know our job is to really help the customer through the sales pro you know through the sales process before AI just does it all. Yeah, all takes us through it. <laughs> yeah. Takes us out. Yeah. Hey, do you know what time it is? Oh, it's almost five. Is it almost five? Yeah. What time is it? Ten to five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like ten minutes. Yeah. So, you know, sales is really helping people get what they want or need, and hopefully finding something that fits within their budget. It's really, in my opinion, it's really that that simple. Yeah. You know, and if I can help somebody do that and do it in a timely manner and provide good customer service on the back end and the communication then i feel like i'm doing my job really 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 well you know and uh, hopefully wherever i'm doing that at that you know i get compensated yeah uh, yeah and they support you and they can come through with it yeah yeah exactly so um and i know we'd mentioned closing a, l a little bit earlier but what i've learned over the years even the last seven eight years yeah that closing right closing used to be this thing you get to the end then i'm going to handle all these objections and i'm going to try to close you're gonna be like well i need to think about it you know well the price you know yeah. all these things and that's how I, and that's how i used to kind of approach closing was is like you do your little spiel or spiel you try to help them out get blah 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 and then at the end you're just handling all these objections but yeah. that's not really how closing should be right Closing shouldn't be that way. What I should do is throughout this whole process, I should be uncovering and discovering these things that can potentially be objections and handle those so that way I don't have this litany of things to handle at the at the end of a sale. Mm -hmm. You know, all these. And we talked a little bit about, like, if you were to come to the car dealership and I know you're married, I see a wedding ring, you know, for example, I'd be like, um, and this is before you're sitting at a table where you're, you're looking at a yeah. contract, right? Yeah. This is all that, this type of stuff. And I see you wearing a wedding ring. I'm going to be like, Oh, Hey Ryan, you know, after we build a little report, I'm like, Oh, you're out car shopping without your wife. Yeah. You know, and kind of make it like a, 
kind of a funny, inquisitive yeah, thing. Yeah, instead of saying, is there anyone else you need to ask about this transaction today or whatever, you know, that the natural spe- you know, spiel would be, right? Right, and normally in that conversation, you're going to tell me what, you know, well, my wife could care less about what car I get. Yeah. And, and I could just, and then when you tell me that, I can kind of, uh, you know, dig a little bit deeper in that. Care less about what what, what car you want? Yeah, I wish my wife Ryan. didn't care. Yeah, yeah I wish yeah. she didn't care. Yeah. So at what level of you spending money does she really care? My, mine probably starts caring about $30,000. You yeah. know what I mean? And just try to get a little bit of that information out on the table. So that way, if that does come up, I can refer back to that. Like, hey, Brian, man, you already told me. Because we all know what – so what we're really trying to get here to is the real objection. So if I handle all these small things that people are going to throw at you, the real objection is normally the money. Yeah, price. Price, right? So I'd be like, hey, Ryan, you already told me your wife doesn't care. You already told me out there that, you know, she doesn't care what you buy Mm -hmm. as long as it's under or or whatever. So what's really going on? Mm. What's the real problem? I don't like you. Well, (laughs) that happens more often than you think. Uh, So I've learned through for closing is to handle these things before they become an issue. And that's only I only learned those by getting hammered by them. Yeah. You know, hammered, hammered, punch, 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 punch. You know, unfortunately, that's that's how I've learned in the sales business. I haven't taken everything and ran with it you t- i take things as they come yeah you know, when it, these things happen so yeah and there's quite a few different ways to have these conversations with people and try to because there is there is another thing that i know that i dealt with and still can and a lot of salespeople deal with and that's fear right it's fear you know fear to have that conversation fear to say certain things yeah. fear and you really have to just you know, go for it. Now, you don't want to be offensive. You don't want to be overbearing. There's a lot of things you don't want to do is it's not going to work out good good for yeah. you or for whoever you're selling for. But, I mean, by not having the fear to ask those questions. Well, and it's like it's in the room, right? People know no matter what you're selling, if it's cars or pest control or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's in the air, right? So you can do this. The, you know, I'm, I probably sell more on rapport than I do. I probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of what I do. But at the end of the day, I still, you know, you have to transition to like, okay, you know, for mortgages, like, are you working with anybody right now? Right. No, yes. Cool. Are you having a good experience, you know, with them? Yeah, I am. Okay, awesome. You know, and and it's like figuring out, you know, those different those different conversations. And sometimes people just don't, you know, you don't have to work with everybody. You know, you can't. You know, you kind of have to like feel people out and realize you on the you don't have to just go for the kill. You know, we were, I was talking with Sam Chouse about this, and mm-hmm. it was like calling someone and just being like and just going for it every time is yeah. not necessarily like because mm-hmm. although you can get the volume in, it's it's if you can do the volume with the some sort of technique, it's right. like it's, you know you still need the volume. But yeah, doing both is uh, and here. We should be close to wrapping this up because yeah. I, I really would like a nap on my day off, just even <laughs> if it's for 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, here's totally different, though, man, and and it's pretty cool, at least being at Tony Honda. It is so low pressure and so chill, and I know it, it it's the vibe of 
the Big Island as well. It's it's all rapport. It's ninety. It's ninety percent rapport and ten percent selling. Yeah. You know, on the mainland, a lot of the things I've done, it's so transactional. It's like fifty-fifty. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's here. It, here it's a little different. And you know, the main worry that they had, and they they were telling me is about some guys have a that sold on the mainland have a real hard time. There's like three guys in the last few months that have been really good. Yeah. But they couldn't transition to that here. Yeah, transition to that thing here. And maybe it also helps I've been here for, you know, a, a little while now. A couple of years, yeah. Because yeah. when I first got here, you know, I was like, eh, you know, yeah. trying to get all this stuff. And I finally, man, everything's. Got to let go. Yeah, yeah. got to let go. And I was like, okay, I, I can, maybe it's good just uh, uh, chill. Yeah. You know, slow down a little bit, you know, make sure I do my stuff. Yeah. But not expect anybody else to do their stuff. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot. I think it's like I'm fine. Well, we found with other stuff is it's just it's like you just go. It's almost like just making friends in a way. You know what I mean? And it's really not. It's not a lot different than that. I mean, it's, you know, yes, there's always the part of you that wants to ask, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's it's like the value exchange. It's like, you know, builds in value with that person. Can you help that person? Can you do this? And most of the time, even like just the conversations you know, we, when we've cold called and I was laughing about actually when we were doing some, trying to do some marketing services here and we spent like a day, me and South spent a day making phone calls and just trying to sell. Boom, 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 boom. And, and even the people that would, wouldn't tell us to like fuck off and they'd stay on the phone. You could tell in their voice, they were like, eh, okay, yeah, look forward to seeing your email come through. Yeah. But then we switched it and we, I think I kind of said to South, I was like, how do we switch this conversation? I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. Even though we didn't do it for that long Mm -hmm. to where we would call and and we would do these like, Hey, we've got these Google review cards, which were legitimate things someone could use for their business. And you just built a relationship with somebody, you know, from that. Yep. And then boom, everyone, every single person ended up asking if we could do some others, you know, marketing stuff. So, so much better. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. And it got fun. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was like, yeah, I, I enjoyed that and how how well that worked and the transition. We didn't even have to do the transition. You just say, here, we're going to give this to help you, chat for a little while, and and you can uncover some things. If you can, you know, as being sales and what we're trying to do, if you can get somebody to, if you can have rapport, you can find out what what they need or what they're looking for. Yeah. You know, mainly, you know, somebody bangs on your door, you know, and they're, you know, you're just – going to be totally you're not going to find out anything yeah right yeah yeah you got nothing it's, it's yeah. cool man well any closing remarks or you think we're we've been in like an hour this has been a long one i think so yeah i don't have too many uh closing remarks other that this was fun you know and uh you know sales is really um absolutely love doing sales and you know i have my other business here it's not you answer the phone, yeah. you get the sale, you know. So yeah. I've been missing that uh, sales thing. So it'll be interesting and should be fun uh, to see, you know, how it goes there at uh, Tony Honda. For cool, man. Yeah. We'll do an update in a couple months. Okay. I'll come in dealership and see you. Yeah. I'll probably I'll, – I'll be bald. I won't have any hair left, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. All right, bro. Thanks.